I like your accommodations. Okay. Morning, everybody. <laughs> welcome to Gospel Revolution Church. We uh, just started the live stream, so welcome everybody online. We're delighted to have you with us. Um, Greg is in San Diego, or actually he's in airports now on his way back home, having done the marriage of Harvey and Vika. And uh, from what we've heard, that was great. Um, for the folks online, um, just so you know, we're going to do a roundtable discussion. We have the mic in the middle, but for everybody online, um, I'm not going to lecture this morning. And so if you have questions or comments you want to type in on the live stream, then um, Becky is going to be the moderator of those. And I told her it was up to her. If she wanted to bring them up, she could. If she wanted to ignore you, she's not going to do that. <laughs> Don't yell at me. Yell at Becky. <laughs> um, a couple of announcements. Um, celebrating Memorial Day weekend. And uh, I think it's appropriate that we um, are going to look at the book of Galatians because the book of Galatians is, some have called it the Magna Carta of Christian liberty, right? Right. And we celebrate those who have gone before us and given their lives so that we might have liberty mm -hmm. as well. So uh, take a moment and remember that as you go through the weekend. Um, weekly Bible studies, no men's Bible study tomorrow morning. We will have Bible study Wednesday night at our house, and there will be a, Greg will be back, and we'll do Sunday morning Bible study in the classroom down the hall next week. Um, if you have any questions about Bible studies, you know all the information's on the website. We already said Greg's coming back. We need to welcome Emmanuel and Clarissa. Yay. She's coming. She's coming. <laughs> Let's all clap when she walks in. <laughs> We're delighted to have you here, yeah, taking a weekend with us. Yeah. How wonderful. Yeah, it's good to be here. You ready, y'all? I'm ready. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you know, that's so special. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah, we can get Barb, too. <laughs> celebrity. Oh, <laughs> That's right. And as, as always, if you desire to leave an offering, the basket's in the back. You can do that or you can do that online. We don't have any kids to go to kids' children's church, so we'll leave it at that. Great. Well, welcome, everybody. Let's pray. Father, we just bless you and thank you for this day. Thank you for what a glorious day it is. And Father, we do take a moment just to stop and remember and give thanks for those who've gone before us, those who have served our country and upon whose life we have our liberty. And we just rejoice that they have a heart to do that, Lord, and we can think then how that's just a, a symbol or an example of what you've done for us to give us such incredible freedom and liberty in our lives. And Lord, as we look forward to um, just sitting together and chatting about the book of Galatians, pray, Father, that your spirit would just be upon each and every one of us. We thank you for all of our family that's online and having them join us. And uh, we just look forward to a good time together this morning, Lord, in your name. Amen. 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 So, um, I'm, like I said, I'm not going to lecture. <laughs> and what I wanted to do was give you a little bit of background on the book of Galatians. We can talk about that. And then basically go verse by verse and talk about the verses in the first chapter. And if we get through it, that's great. If we don't, that's great. Um, my target is that we would finish at about 1130 to give you all a chance to go celebrate and be with family. We have a big party at our house, so we're going to go celebrate, and <laughs> we need to go take care of a few things. Sorry, so, none of you are invited. Yeah. <laughs> it's a graduation party for our friend grandson. 
You do come, you better bring presents. That's right. <laughs> Some money. Yeah, right. Like the money. <laughs> so has anyone ever done a study on Galatians? Yeah. I have. You have? Oh yeah. Oh good. Anyone else? Yeah. It's an awesome book. It was Paul's Paul's first book that he wrote, or first letter, first epistle he has written. And um I think it's important. So we have authors amongst us, several actually, and I think it's important to know what the author's heart is in when they write a book. Mm-hmm. Right? So Tiffany's written a book, Mo's written a book. When you write a book, when you sit down to write, I know it's a very detailed process, but you have something in your heart, right, that kind of guides you and leads you as to what you want to do. Right? So we can kind of look at what Paul had in his heart as he wanted to lead or as he wanted to put down some words to the people in Galatia. And um, so we'll talk about a little bit about what the intent of Paul's heart was as we go through that. Just some admin things in, associated with Galatians. Galatians was probably written sometime 49, 50 AD. The churches that he wrote to were probably founded sometime between 47 and 49 AD, and Galatia is not a specific city like Ephesians, you know, where it's Ephesus, um, but it's an area in, um, in Asia Minor. It's Turkey. It's modern-day Turkey, right? And there are a number of major cities um, that you can that you can look at that Paul had visited, had um, had evangelized, and founded churches in, and then um, within a year, maybe even two years. There was problems significant enough that he had to sit down and write a letter uh, to them to address the problems. And and I think that's very interesting how fast we can relate it to the parable of the sower, right? And the seed that gets sown, the word, and the word that the seed that gets sown that sprouts up immediately, but that also fades very quickly and is taken away, right? And that's exactly what's happened to the churches in Galatia. The word sprouted quickly, and then there were those that came right in behind it. The serpent came in right behind it to steal that seed and to pull it away. So um, Paul had to address that, and he had to address a a number of issues associated with him and his apostleship as well. Um, So he had some, they were the people who were bringing in the false gospel, which we'll find out it wasn't another gospel at all, were saying that Paul wasn't an apostle, right? They were saying that that he wasn't with the original apostles who had seen Jesus face to face, but that and because of that he had no authority. So the people that were coming behind him were called Judaizers, and they were there trying to turn the people away from the gospel of grace back into works. So um, I've rambled on more than I thought I was going to about that. Let's see if I can make sure. Yeah, I, it's amazing that Paul's original name obviously was Saul, and the definition of Saul was to mean a significant one or one sought after. And after he has his conversion, he's now Paul, and the definition of Paul is little. Wow. <laughs> right? So he was sought after and significant in man's eyes, 
and now he's Paul, and he realizes that that in man's eyes he's now little, but in Christ's eyes, mm-hmm. he's doing what he what he called him to do. So, um, you know what what's interesting about that too is uh, <coughs> there are some alternate definitions for Saul and Paul, yeah. and one of them is to seek after, and the other definition definition of Paul is actually to quit. Wow. So Paul is to quit seeking after. Oh wow. Oh having found what you were looking for. Right. You know, so if you look at it like that, uh-huh. it's pretty interesting. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it is. Also. So the the um theme verse or the, the anchor verse for the book of Galatians is Galatians 5.1, and that says, It was for freedom that Christ set us free. Therefore, keep standing firm and do not be subject again to the yoke of slavery. So that's the verse, basically, or the theme um, that Paul that Paul structured his whole, his whole letter around. A, a quick outline of the book. The first two chapters are Paul basically defending himself and his apostleship. Then we go chapter three through about halfway through chapter five and he compares the gospel of grace to the gospel of works and he does the comparison and the contrasting there then in chapter five halfway through as you know we have the fruit of the flesh which we've talked much about we have the fruit of the spirit which manifests in all of us effortlessly and then in chapter six the benediction to close up so at a very high level that's an overall picture of of the book of Galatians. Is there anything that anyone in their study or their thoughts or they you know have looked at Galatians or talked about Galatians with others that you know kind of an overview kind of thing that you you want to share? By the way, the mic in the middle picks you up wherever you are in the in the room. It's very cool. it's a very good mic. So you don't need to worry about screaming. You don't and if you whisper it, it it'll probably still pick you up. So just so you're aware of that. Anybody? I think when I when I first came to grace um, when G- in Isaiah 53 Jesus comes out to declare he's God and he uses a very unique word he says I have come to rescue you you don't hear that again until Galatians right and Paul says forgive me I forgot my glasses no he didn't say that I'm <laughs> um, I got it yeah. um, he 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 who gave um, himself for our sins to rescue us from the present evil around us yeah. of this age, according to the will of God and Father. So, you know, I, I had learned all this that Jesus was angry at God, or Jesus, or God was angry at me. He had to have propitiation. He had to have this guilt ridden of my sin, right. and he had to do something about it. And, and the, the truth is, we were born into a story. We, I did not invent sin. I did not create sin. Have I sinned? Yes. But I did not create it. And so those two things really cemented me to, wow, that changes everything. Yeah. That he, now he's... He's my rescuer. I was drowning in this world. And he said, I'm coming for you. And he got me. Yeah. And he mm. pulled me out. You know, and I had nothing to do with it except for he loved me. 
<laughs> and I think uh, a lot of people that I've shared with really understand that rescue part. And I, I hardly hear that. I'm going to talk Mo into writing a book about being rescued, <laughs> I think. But you hardly hear about being rescued. Right. Uh, and, and we were rescued yeah. for eternity. Yeah. It, puts a, it puts a different perspective on things. Because in, when you think about being rescued, right, I'm not going to be rescued from bad behavior. Right. right. But we're going to be rescued from death. Death. From the evil of the present age. Right. Right, who that was introduced by Adam, right? The, the right. death that came into the the present evil age um, came from Adam, and so to, it, it helps. I agree with you, and it helps to to clarify what that rescue is from. Mm -hmm. Right, it's from yeah. death. It's not from bad behavior. It's from yeah. death, and that's a big deal. It, it really is a big deal, and I think that uh, uh, we've been doing for two thousand years now about uh, law and works and grace. And still fighting about it, yep. and still arguing that you know you have to be good you know, to please God. Um, you have to tithe so He can give back to you. Mm -hmm. You know all the things that they said they had told us. Um, but this puts all that to bed. This puts all that to rest. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Churches today. I mean, Paul could write this letter to churches today just he as could. if he yeah, yeah just exactly. as if he would when he wrote it in AD forty nine. So, I mean, yeah. I don't know about you all, but we, you know, like we have friends and family members who kind of like, you know, <laughs> we're in a cult. Yeah. yeah. You know, yeah. Be, grace, that's not grace. You know, they, they have, they have a this strong, and, and that's exactly what Paul lived right. his whole life. Yeah. When I think of being rescued, I think of being rescued from a heavy burden. Mm which involved guilt and condemnation and and or a yoke of slavery mm. as the bible would say and and now when i compare that heavy yoke or burden that i used to have with the life that i have now it's you know for freedom that christ has set us free mm. it's such a huge difference i believe the yoke of slavery is in galatians yes it is yeah. we will talk about yeah. it free from the yeah. yoke of slavery yeah. Jay, yes, I don't know anything about Galatians, but you did read one verse out of Galatians, if I'm, if I remember right. correctly. Mm -hmm. Talks about well, since you were given freedom from slavery, it's regretful to see you being enslaved again. Yes, and talking about what Cindy remarked about this burden. So for me, I was an atheist, and you know, you normalize life, right? You don't think you have a burden if the life you're living in your skin suit has always been that way, right? Mm -hmm. So uh, then I commit my life to Christ, and I felt this huge burden I didn't even know I had <laughs> just removed from me. Let's call that death slash sin for convenience sake. And then later on, I started participating in the Church of Works. And then I was... <laughs> Oh, no, no. And then I was enslaved again. Mm -hmm. I was delivered from a burden I didn't even know I had because I had normalized it. Right? We can all show you our shackle marks. Right. <laughs> yeah. uh, but then this um, just being reintroduced to slavery after I'd experienced freedom, like a remarkable thing. Like at one second, I'm, a, I'm an atheist, and this goofball guy says, well, 
do you want to say the prayer to give yourself to Christ? I thought, well, that's the dumbest question I've ever heard. But, but I said, yes. It was a grace thing. I said, yes. And I just felt like just from night to day. As far as, but I uh, was enslaved again as far as the, the church of works, if you will. And it was yesterday or the day before I was explaining with my wife this journey that I'm beginning now as far as grace, like Sue. I'm talking about doing my Christian walk. You know, I've breathed in and out death for so long. I've breathed in death. I've breathed out death. I don't want to let go of, um, forget being all smart in Bible town. I don't want to let go of living in the grace of the, the living Christ. Uh, so this kind of resonates with that one verse that you read. I know nothing about Galatians, but right. you did read one verse. Right, I read five one, Galatians yeah. five one. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Wow. That's it. You've done a far better summary of Galatians than I have. <laughs> <laughs> no, but it's true. It was probably yeah. yesterday. At worst, it was two days ago. I was explaining my Christian walk six months in. Yeah. I've been breathing in and breathing out death for so long. It's like I don't want to live in that Bible town intellectualism, you know, anymore. It didn't bring me any goodness. You know? Yeah, yeah. I, I think you bring up an interesting point that I think we, I don't know if we struggle with, but we're all are cognizant of, and that is that we have all lived in death. Like you said, we've all been in the church of works. We've all lived, before we became Christians, we lived under the bondage of death, right? So death speaks to us all the time, whether it's in a matter of lack whether it's, uh, it's a matter of, you know, what we see going on around us, you know, the death around us, the chaos and the decay around us, it is always in our face. Mm -hmm. And none of us want to be there. And so I think we talked about this Wednesday night, that the importance of hearing the gospel over and over and over mm -hmm. again. That cleanses us and washes us. And it, it, it begins to speak louder than the death from the world that's, that we live in, right? I mean, it, it's you can't get out of the world yet at this point, those of us that are living, breathing, and walking around, right? So it, we're, we're part of it in terms of we exist within it, we're not part of it, and that we are not citizens of that kingdom, right? But mm. you've, you've hit the nail on the head. And I'm it, only doing a mirror image of what you're saying. <laughs> you're seeing yourself. <laughs> <laughs> I think it. I think it is in Galatians too. It says, uh, "Don't forsake each other, um, uh, share each other's burdens." And a long time ago, I used to thought, you know, maybe that would I, I need some money or what. Mm -hmm. But it, it no, it has to do with grace, yeah. encouraging each other. That's why we're here, and because there's somebody pounding at our door every moment. You bet. Absolutely. You bet. That's a fact. Yeah. Right. Mm -hmm. And and it helps us, I think, to understand. How, how the Galatian church could quickly turn from grace to works, mm. right? Because that pressure of death is upon them. And they were, it was, a, it was a church that had Gentiles and Jews, right? So you have those folks who were steeped in the Jewish tradition and culture and who, were, who saw the law as the way unto life. And then they hear the gospel of grace and they say, well, that's not, that's not it. This is it. The gospel of grace is it. But over time, whether they heard grace enough, because Paul had gone on to other places, and, and the folks that he'd left behind to, to lead, 
-hmm. you know, obviously did not have the revelation of Christ that Paul had or the other apostles had. So, you know, they're teaching from what Paul had taught them. And, you know, it's, it's a matter of, well, it did, was that enough to overcome the traditions of men that had been learned from day one? And I know, at least I struggle with, you know, church tradition that from the time I became a Christian until, you know, 10 years ago, when all of a sudden grace became the truth in my life, that it's still one of those things that every once in a while you kind of scratch your head and say, well, but, but, but. So to me, it helps what you've said, helps helps clarify for all of us why why within a year or two years, Paul would ha- be having to write a letter debunking the Judaizers that had come to say, no, 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 you, you can't just believe on Jesus for eternal life. That's not enough. In fact, you need to become a Jewish proselyte first. <laughs> then you need to be circumcised, and then you will have eternal life. That was the that was the theme that or that was the story. The Judaizers had come, and not just to this church, but they followed Paul wherever he went. I don't know if you all remember Greg talking about when Paul says the thorn in his side. Mm-hmm. Right. The, and I tried to do some research on this, but I wasn't didn't didn't find it. But the first use of the word thorn is in reference to um, mankind or people, so that. When he talks about a thorn in his side, he's not talking about a physical thing. He's talking about a person or persons that are a problem to him. And in, ca- and in fact, um, it, it's the Judaizers. It's those who come behind him when he's preached the message of grace and say, grace isn't it, guys. It's grace plus the law. He's still got to do the law of Moses, right? I was going to say, just to kind of back up what Glenn was saying, you know, we... Uh, most people's understanding of salvation when you first come to know the Lord is believe in Jesus and he'll give you his eternal life free of charge for it is by grace you have been saved through faith not of works least any man should boast right and you hear that message and you say you mean to tell me that I can have eternal life by believing in Jesus and it is not of works least any man should boast in the sight of God and they say yes that's correct and so you believe in jesus and you're saved and so you're set free and you realize that though you had been striving all the days of your life through the knowledge of good and evil to attain to eternal life jesus gave it to you as a gift and you knew that all of your striving wasn't going to produce it for you so here you are striving your whole life to define life through the knowledge of your good and evil of good and evil and then somebody said man look jesus came that you might have it as a free gift and you so you saved and you set free and you feel good and listen the fruit of god begins to bear fruit in your life then almost immediately somebody grabs you and say you know That's true, but you know, you also have to be baptized. It's the and also the problem. It is. (laughs) Somebody says you have to start reading your Bible every day. Yes. And somebody and listen, there's not necessarily something wrong with being baptized or reading your Bible every day. But immediately people take you from being saved from attaining life through the knowledge of good and evil and start putting the knowledge of good and evil back on you. 
in, in way of the law, right. putting mm-hmm. the law of Moses back on you. Right. When you were saved from, listen, the law of Moses was meant to reveal to us that the knowledge of good and evil could never produce life for us. Because the more you strove to obey the law of Moses, the more you found yourself falling short. Right. So if the way of the knowledge of good and evil was a way, but what did God say about that way? That is the way unto death. Yes. So if that way were the way to life, you might have found life. But life is not found in the law, nor is faith found in the law. It is found in the one who came to give us the eternal life that we believed on to begin with. Right. And that's what Paul is fighting in the book of Galatians. Yeah. And, and telling people, don't go back to that way when Jesus has given you his eternal life. It is for freedom that Christ has set us free. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, and don't be yoked again by that yoke of slavery. Right. So, you know, it, it's probably, to me, the book of Galatians is probably the most relevant book in the Christian world today. Today. Mm-hmm. Today. Mm-hmm. I, would, I would agree with you 100% on that. And, and, you know, Greg has said multiple times that he's going to do a Bible study on yeah. Galatians, right? And, and uh, I did this because I wanted to help push <laughs> Kickstart. That's right. Kickstart. <laughs> Uh, anybody have any other thoughts before we look at verse one it seems like it even goes further step before telling them they have to be baptized and everything we've come to say you have to ask christ into your heart and that even is a step because you're looking at what you're doing instead of what he's done Mm -hmm. that's right sure yeah Yeah, sometimes the presentation of the gospel Mm -hmm. isn't even clear or correct right you know Jesus right. said, absolutely. just leave. Yeah, yeah. absolutely. You know, like what Paul said, like he said, um, you know, did you receive the Holy Spirit by, uh, I don't know the verse, did you see the Holy Spirit by works or whatever or by or by believing? Yeah. And it really puts the uh, the emphasis on the Holy believe. Spirit. Yes. Um, yes. Solidifying. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Paul says, um, who has deceived you? Yes. Right? <clears throat> that's, a, that's a key word. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and back then the church was small. The temple was big, and the temple was the social mecca of the neighborhood. Yeah. I mean, if you and I are going to be friends, I got to belong to the temple, right? Mm-hmm. Otherwise, I want nothing to do with you, Billy, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. So there was a pressure to, of the, and I think that's why Paul says the traditions. I mean, that's another key word, the traditions of the past. Right. You know, I let go of them. They're evil even. He even calls them evil in Galatians. Yeah. Um, so, and we face the same thing today, sure. right? Modern day say, Utah. Say, yeah. <laughs> it's amazing. Yes. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. If, if I may, sure. uh, uh, dovetail the idea of let go of the traditions. So, uh, when I was young, I'm an older man. When I was young, the Catholic mass was in Latin. And of course, that was a tradition that made sense you know, around the year 300, perhaps. Yes. Right. But it's a tradition that got perpetrated, perpetrated into the 1960s. Uh, I mean, I was, I was, I was cognizant. I remember listening and doing Latin. I learned Latin later as, as an adult, but not then. So that was a tradition that kept on. But also, too, the um, the organ music 
that made sense as far as the dark ages. It was the cutting edge of, of music and worship, but it it kept on for an extra like thousand years or or, or seven hundred years. Sure. So these traditions are once they get attached, it's almost impossible <clears throat> like to shake them off. Mm -hmm. It requires a very like going against the river flow, which is, you know, I'm sure you've paddled up stream on canoe in a river before. That's, I did, I did have a paddle. Though. Depending right. depending yeah. on the river though, <laughs> and the, the, the water flow, the snows have melted. As far as that, that can be like almost impossible sure. to go against the river, amongst us get to shore and not be taken 12 miles downstream. So fighting, the, going against the traditions can be an ominous thing. And I hear some of the traditions of works. Mm. You know the uh, the Latin in mass and uh, uh, organ music is faded, but the works is alive and well. You know that's a tradition mm -hmm. that still hasn't been shaken off right. uh, at this point. Yeah, you know, no, that's very true. That's very true. Yeah, and I'm gonna be clear. We talk about the fact that that the Book of Galatians could be written to the church today. That's not to impugn those who are leading the church today in general. You know, right. there are people with very sincere hearts who have been falsely taught, basically. Mm -hmm. And so they they love God as much as Absolutely. everyone in this room yeah. loves God. Absolutely. Um, and for most of us, we we walked in those shoes in many, mm -hmm. you know, many times that, you know, loved God, but what we believed was not correct. So, and part of it is the traditions, you know, they, they hold on so, so tightly that, that to, to yank that out of a cemetery or seminary, Yank that out of that and replace it with grace is a huge, huge hurdle. And it's a homo sapien deficiency as far as when I think of colleges still emphasizing liberal arts, where we know capitalism is very cruel nowadays and hard skills are the way to be able to pay like rent and, and car <laughs> insurance. Yes, right. you, you know yeah. what I'm saying? Yeah. But the traditions continue, yes. even though it's almost like negligence do you, yeah. you know yeah. as far as it's a homeless taking problem about these traditions just perpetuating yep yeah makes us feel happy <laughs> yes right so one other quick thought and then we'll look at verse one is that um you know paul greg has already talked a lot about how we use the bible to comment on the bible mm -hmm. and so um acts 13 chapters 13 through 15 give you great insight into what was going on with paul and others during the period that he wrote the epistle to um, Galatians. It talks about um, <clears throat> how they were commissioned, how, how uh, the Holy Spirit had called out uh, Paul and Barnabas <laughs> and sent them off uh, to the churches of Galatia uh, to spread the gospel to the Gentiles. So if you want to go back and, and tie things together, another just interesting anecdote, um, Paul talks in chapter 4 of Galatians, um, telling the, you know, the fact that, that he, he's in tough shape, that he's physically, you know, he, he does not look good. And in spite of that, the Galatians still accept him. Well, if you go back and look in Acts, you'll find out that he was stoned to death in chapter 14 of Acts uh, before he went back to Galatia. Stoned to death, drugging out, drug out of the city, uh, you know, supposedly dead, and the uh, all of his disciples are standing around him. I don't know what they were doing, but all of a sudden, boom, up he pops. Says, let's go <laughs> head back into the city. He has, a, you know, get some rest, and then off they go the next day. It's like, so, and Greg put it in terms of, you know, he looks like Rocky Balboa after, you know, one of the fights. It's all swollen and after you've been stoned. Um, 
so it's just a good uh, it's a good opportunity to tie one part of the Bible back to the other part of the Bible. Just it, it just gives further uh, credence and confidence to what we're reading. Any other thoughts? Otherwise, we'll dive into to verse one. Becky, anybody sending anything online? <clears throat> no, they're all quiet. Okay. So Galatians one one, Paul, an apostle not of men, neither by men, but by Jesus Christ and God the Father, who raised him from the dead. So we've already talked about Paul, and, and this is not Paul's traditional reading as he starts an epistle, right? He's addressing the authority of his apostleship, and he wants, he wants his readers to understand that his apostleship is not of men nor by men. Right? The fact that he was not an eyewitness to Jesus, the other apostles, was being used against him as a means of discrediting the gospel and turning people back to the law. So he says here, not of men, so not ordained by men, men not putting their hands on him and ordaining him and sending him off as an apostle, neither by man, so the message that he received did not come from man. He wasn't sat down and taught by men what the gospel was, but by Jesus Christ. So he now is establishing that he is truly an apostle <laughs> because he was made an apostle by Christ and given the message or the revelation of the gospel by Christ and God the Father who raised him from the dead. Any other thoughts on on verse 1, what I thought we'd do is just kind of read a verse. If there's something that jumps out at you, go ahead and jabber about it. If not, we'll just keep going. Well, I, th I, I, I'd just say that, you know, his saying, taught not by man or, or by man or from man or right. any, without man having any influence on him is important because it communicates to us that what he learned came to him from no less person than God himself. Exactly. You know, exactly. And, uh, man, that's, that's a huge thing because the church was beginning to grow and immediately people were begin, beginning to be venerated, you know, Peter, the different ones. And, uh, and completely apart from Peter and the others, he was getting his revelation from God. Mm -hmm. And he was set apart for the gospel himself to actually communicate to the world and to us what the gospel actually meant. Right. What Jesus coming and dying for us actually meant. And none of the other apostles were actually so assigned that task. Right. Yeah. Yes. In spiritual affairs, <clears throat> there's a saying, you, you can't give what you don't have. In other words, someone could give some talking points at a pulpit, but it's not if it's not live in their lives, it'll be just an intellectual thing, and you'll leave the church and won't even remember what was said, right? right? So you can't give what you don't have. But here's what he's saying, is that what is in me is the living Christ. That's what I have to give. Mm -hmm. It's like that thing what Paul says elsewhere. We're like common clay pots. No one cares about the pot. It's what's in the pot that people really desire. Sure. Yeah. 
Yeah. That reminds me of Greg's story of the day he had it out in the backyard with God. And he basically told God, your gospel sucks. <laughs> and um, because at that time, Greg was believing a gospel that wasn't the true gospel. He was believing in the traditions of man. And, um, and what God told Greg that day was, everything you've learned, throw it in the garbage can. In other words, throw in the garbage can what you've been taught by men. And now I'm going to teach you the true gospel. So it seems like that's exactly what that verse means. Mm -hmm. Show it all out. If it wasn't, if it, if it was from God and not from me, show it in the trash. Yeah. Yeah. I think that first verse also for me, um, one of the cornerstones of religion is, and you've all heard it, we were actually unworthy mm -hmm. for God to come and, and, save us right? Yeah, right i don't you know that is so untrue and i love how it says i have come to rescue you mm -hmm. you know right. we were in we were we could not uh we all were gonna die he said no i'm coming after you i'm gonna i'm pulling you into me yeah. it wasn't because i was undeserved it's because he loved me yes and that's a big huge thing in 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 every uh theology throughout the world actually um denominations that's you know you're you're a filthy rag and you don't deserve it yeah i mean how how in the world do you ever go wow yeah <laughs> i love you i know how much yeah, you love right? me it blows me away you know yes <laughs> indeed any other thoughts um, matt moore said that he thinks it's important to note that paul never had matthew mark Luke, or john he never had Matthew, Mark, Luke, or John to read. To read. To read. That's right. Uh, that's right. Oh, that's an excellent point. <laughs> Very interesting. Yeah. yeah. All he had was the uh, the Old Testament. The yeah. 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 That's, a, that's a great point. Thank you, Matt. Oh, and Appreciate to um, Mo's point about how Paul was taught, you know, by God instead of traditions of men. That's he's no respecter of person. That's still what he wants to do today with each one mm -hmm. of us. With each one of us, he wants to teach us yeah. who he is and what he really thinks of us, right? Yes. Instead of tradition of man establishing those things in our heart. And that's why I think this church is such a life-giving force because it's being willing to be taught of God yeah. and not to be taught by the traditions of men. Yes. But what a wonderful offering it is from God that he's the one who wants to teach us every day, you know, as far as everything that's true and I, why, listen my favorite all-time verse from the scriptures everywhere is that abraham believed god and it was accredited to him as righteousness mm -hmm. didn't say he believed in god it say he believed god now who does that encourage us to actually believe in mm -hmm. yeah mm -hmm. right yeah Amen. But I see how God is teaching the people in this church individually. He speaks to them. He shows them, you know, and he enlightens who he is and who they are. And it's a yeah. beautiful thing to watch. Yes. And uh, a standard of work that comes up very frequently in the groups and maybe even during the Sunday service, I, I can't recollect, but where uh, Greg Henry will say, hey, 
here's this. Uh, you take it up with God. Yeah, right. It's sort of a standard yeah. work idea. Mm -hmm. What you're saying, it really <laughs> is about God, you know, touching our hearts and, and, and leading us. In... Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. One of the things I just kind of sit in awe and think about is the time that, that um, Paul and Jesus must have had together. Mm -hmm. When you think of uh, Paul, when he was Saul, the fact that he was, you know, a Jew among Jews, that his mm -hmm. credentials were above all the credentials of those in, in, the, in the Jewish community. And he was more learned of the Torah than any other individual that had gone before him. And now he's sitting with Jesus and getting that all unwound, right? Getting that all put together the way it's supposed to fit instead of the way man had pieced it together. And it just, it, it, it just must have been a, an incredible time for, for Paul to, to sit at the feet of the Lord and, and have him say, now, this is what you think it is, but this is what I really meant for that to be. I mean, and, and you can understand that, that it took time for yeah. Paul to absorb all of that and to really get the true depth of the revelation of, of the gospel into his heart to the point that he could now go and stand in the face of anyone and share the gospel. I, I just, that just is really cool. It reminds me also of um, uh, in, in the gospels where Jesus uh, says, I don't know, he says, uh, who do you, I forgot who was talking to one, just I would say, yeah, but who do you say I am? Right, Peter. And he was acting like uh, some say that you're this and that. And I just think that this is just a reminder of that moment for all of us where, you know, God wants us to turn off, you know, Christ Christian television and uh, and CNN or Fox News or and all the things that we've learned and just look at him face to face and say, but yeah, who do you say I am? Mm. And just kind of getting that that personal revelation. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. Let me tell you who I am. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah, that's good. That's good. Okay. Verse two, and all the brethren which are with me under the churches of Galatia. So he's continuing his, his, um, his address. And if we want to know who all the brethren are, we can look at Acts 13, the first couple of verses. He says, and now there were in the church that was at Antioch certain prophets and teachers as Barnabas and Simeon that was called Niger and Lucius of Cyrene and Manan which had been brought up with Herod the Tetrarch and Saul. And they ministered to the Lord and fasted. The Holy Ghost said, Separate me, Barnabas and Saul, for the work whereunto I have called them. And when they had fasted and prayed, they laid their hands on them, and they sent them away. So Paul is here gathering all of those guys, and he's saying, Look, it's not just me who's sending this greetings to you, right? But I was with all of these folks, and they have sent me out. And then um, I was going through some notes. Greg had also put some stuff together, and he said, Paul, Paul says the letter is from him and all the brethren with him because he wants the Galatians to know that Peter, James, and John, and all the other apostles endorse the message that he's preaching. And they stand in agreement with the doctrine he is about to lay out in this letter. Paul continues to build on this thought later in the letter when he says the apostles perceived the grace that was given him to preach the gospel to the uncircumcision and extended to him the right hand of fellowship, meaning we stand in agreement with you, bro. So he's, again, adding further authentic, not authenticity, but authentication of who he is and the message that he's bringing forward. Any other thoughts on that one? It's amazing how you can conjugate these words on the fly. <laughs> 
still trips. <laughs> Verse 3 says, Grace be to you and peace from God the Father and from our Lord Jesus Christ. So if grace and peace come from God the Father and Jesus Christ, the opposite of that doesn't come from that, right? Mm -hmm. So we can discern what comes from God and what doesn't okay. come from God. And so he's now sending a message to a church which has given up grace and peace and is now looking to adopt the law, right? Well, yeah, I think that's more than a greeting. Yeah. That's more than just saying, hi, guys, you know, grace and peace to you guys. Yeah, right. He's, he's wishing and praying grace and peace upon these people. And the whole letter of Galatians is meant that they might possess grace and peace. Right. Yeah, we so talked about the intent cool. of his heart, right? Yeah, yes. Absolutely. Yes. Yeah. Exactly. You could write a book just about God chose Jesus chose Paul to reach the Galatians. You could just what? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, That's yeah. a one eighty, right? Yeah. I mean, uh, who does that? Yeah. Our dad. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Exactly. <clears throat> and then verse four. So let me. I'll read three and four. Grace to you. And peace from God the Father and from our Lord Jesus Christ, who gave himself for our sins, that he might deliver us from this present evil world, according to the will of God and our Father. You use the word rescue, which is a synonym for deliver, so it's entirely appropriate. And other translations use the word rescue or deliver um, as well. So he gave himself up. That we that he might deliver us from this present evil world. Are we still in this present evil world? Yes. Yes. I think the present evil world is around us. Mm -hmm. If we've accepted Christ, we are not part of that present okay. evil world. Right. But the present evil world is certainly still around us. Thank you, Adam. Right. Yeah, one two thousand years ago only, and now we're not in it. No. The words is is viable today as they were back then. Yes. You know. Absolutely. Absolutely. The thinking that exists in the world is death, and, you know, he's rescued us from that. Yes, I like the word rescue. I think, you know, as you as you said, that, that adds more impact to me than just using the word deliver. Right? Me too, me too. Yeah, I mean, because I, I can it. deliver a pizza, but I can't Give rescue a pizza. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> That's good. <laughs> I just keep thinking about why in the world did it take me and many of us so long to figure out that if grace and peace are from God and we're not uh, experiencing that in our life, then there must be something that we don't quite understand right about this Christian life. Yeah. It took me 35 years after I was saved to um, realize that... He desires for us to have his life, which consists of peace, as opposed to the Christian life that I was striving to attain to, which resulted in the heavy, heavy burden. And she's quoting, of course, for Psalm 73, 21 to 22, when my thoughts were bitter and my feelings were hurt, I was as stupid as an animal. I did not understand you. Exactly. Wow. Well, what a coincidence that probably Paul was 35 when 
He found grace. <laughs> well, I wasn't 35. I had been saved 35 years. I know. I was, I'm, I'm, just, I'm just saying. Yeah, but I was much older than that. You know, all of us, I think, have have uh, uh, have had to live through that, through the law, the regulations, the traditions, yes. our families, and come to the come to the end of ourselves. Come mm -hmm. to go. Wait a minute. I don't have peace and joy. Right. And 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 what's been offered here, I don't have. And the scripture that comes to me when I think about peace is the fact that he says his burden is light. Yeah. So he wants us to have peace and he wants to remind us that his burden is light. And yet how many of us lived for so many years under that heavy, heavy burden of trying, toiling and striving, the way Greg would say. But thank God he rescued us mm. from that whole system. Yeah. I'm glad I've been rescued. I just wish it didn't take me so darn long. <laughs> Amen. Right. Exactly. So he gave himself for our sins that he might deliver or rescue us from this present evil world according to the will of God and our Father. So can you can you tell me what the will of God is from this verse? I, mean, I think part you can you should be able to or could be able to infer what the word of God or what the will of God is from there. And you would say, to rescue us. Yes. <laughs> to give us great but we're peace. so we're rescued from what to what, right? Yes. From death, death to life. life. Death to life. From death to life. Yes, man. Yeah. Absolutely. That's a good way to put it. We're rescued from death. Absolutely. And brought to, to to eternal life. I think that's, you know, we've talked about this before. When there's so many books written on. You know, know your purpose in life and know God's mm -hmm. desire for you and his purpose for life. God's will. God's for will life. for your life and everything. Purpose driven. Yeah. No, I wasn't even gonna say that. <laughs> you know, it's like it's like um it's way simple, right? Yeah. God just wants us to be his friend and, and, and be his friend forever. Yeah. He yeah. wants to be our friend. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Forever. Uh -huh. Yeah. But those books they point everybody back to works. You bet. Amen. You bet. Amen. Yeah. You know, the, the acid test for me is I feel his presence. I feel his love. He is my best friend. Mm -hmm. And all before when I was doing all those things, I never felt that. Oh, amen. But no. I, I feel his presence. Mm -hmm. It's just, you know, look, gives yeah. me, right. makes my hair stand up. Oh, you know, right. it's awesome. Right. And, and now, once you, once you, well, we've discussed this, once you know that. The will of God is that you have eternal life. Now you're free to live in his will and enjoy the passions and mm -hmm. desires that he's put in your heart. Mm -hmm. And that makes it a whole lot more fun yeah. to do that and not worry about, well, this is, is this God's calling for my life? No, <laughs> right. God's calling for your life is to, for you to have eternal life and, and be with him forever. Now, he's also given you passions and desires. Go enjoy those. Right, yeah. right. Go, go, enjoy those, because he's going to enjoy them right there with you. That's why he gave them. Yeah. And that's crazy too, because um, I I had a conversation with Greg uh earlier this month, and I was telling him like I get a lot of my revelation, like I would say like eighty percent while I'm working out, and um, I would be lifting weights, and I'll get the answer to a prayer or something like that, or just something that I had a question about earlier <laughs> that didn't make sense. 
And I asked Greg, like, why is it always in this time where, like, my mind is kind of shut off and I'm just kind of in the zone? He said, like, maybe that's way, God's way of quieting your mind because I'm so cognitive. Mm -hmm. But he speaks in such an intimate way that I understand it. And to, this, your, to your point, it's one of my passions. And so the fact that, like, God's involved in what I like to do, whether it's weightlifting or playing basketball, and he's still there ministering to me while I'm doing it, that's that friendship aspect I've never got to experience. It shows that, cool. like, the, 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 the relationship doesn't have a pause or anything like that. Like, when I'm listening or reading, yeah, he's with me, but, like, often when I'm doing my own thing, he's still, it's still going on. Yeah. Yeah. Your thing is his thing, too. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> what a parallel and example Paul is for all of us. Here's a man in the world's eyes who had everything. Yes. Roof over his head, yes. servants, right? right? right. Respect, yeah. money, food, had it all. Um, and when he met Christ, but he wasn't happy. When he met Christ, he found truth, peace, mm -hmm. love, and was willing to live uh, stoned and yeah, <laughs> I mean, yeah. hated Ship and spit right. at yeah. and disrespected. He didn't care. He said, I don't, I don't care. I, I'm, I don't even judge myself, let alone judge you. Right. Right. Beautiful, right. beautiful thing. <laughs> Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. Any other thoughts on that verse? What in, in the chariots of, what was the name chariots of that? Chariots of fire? Uh, yeah. Didn't you guy say that he was really really fast what did he say we said he when felt I the run, joy of the lord when he was run, or when, when i run i feel his pleasure yes. that's yes. it right. you know, yeah. that, that's when, weird. Wait, when so you yeah. said that I, yeah yeah okay i'm sorry he, he, I paint. he feels I feel his yeah. pleasure yeah. Yeah. was his name eric little yes i think so eric lytle eric lytle yeah yeah yeah, that's that's very good, Barbara. Yeah. Well, <laughs> but that's exactly what we're talking. That's exactly, exactly. what Emmanuel said, mm -hmm. right? It's exactly. Yeah. I feel God's pleasure when I'm doing what He wants me to do. That's it. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Interesting. I remember when I first came to the Lord, and and I was so happy, and then I got around this other Christian that I didn't know. She told me at this meeting. And, and she goes, why are you so happy? And I went, because the Lord saved me. And I began to just, you know, you know how it is. It just comes out of you. And she goes, and, and I said, are you saved? And she goes, yeah, I've been saved for 30 years. <laughs> <laughs> Man, my brain was like, tilt, tilt, tilt. You know, like, what? I mean, she goes, you'll get it in 30 years. And I did. <laughs> exactly what no. we were saying. I was so sad, you know, but <laughs> but number hopefully, of us can relate with that. Yes. Yeah. Hopefully, you yeah. know, she came we to the end you. of herself too, <laughs> just like I did. Yes. You know. And yeah. Again. <laughs> uh, uh. All right. Let's let's look at verse five. Uh, I'll go back through. Uh, Four and then five, who gave himself for our sins that he might deliver us from this present evil world, according to the will of God and our Father, to whom be glory forever and ever. Amen. But let me read that to you in the Amplified. Is that the one I want? Not that one. Because who gave or yielded himself up to atone for our sins and to save and sanctify us 
in order to rescue and deliver us from this present wicked age and world order in accordance with the will and purpose and plan of our God and Father. To him be ascribed all the glory through all the ages of the ages and the eternities of the eternities. Amen. So be it. I thought, when I read that one in the Amplified, it's like the ages of the ages and the eternities of the eternities. Wow. That's how much glory we will ascribe to God. And, and in Paul's writing, I think it's important that he, he focuses the readers now on God because the message that he's countering is the focus on man, right? So yeah. the opposite of giving God the glory is to give man the glory, which is what the Pharisees absolutely loved, right? to stand out there and receive all the glory of men and all of their comments and everything else and all the adulation. He's saying, no, to God be the glory mm -hmm. for ages and ages and eternities and eternities. Yes, Linda. No, I'm not, I'm not, I'm not. You were just thinking, okay. <laughs> <laughs> and that's, that's the criticality of uh, your individual pursuit with the living Christ. So many fine people have focused on pastors and leaders, was it Heaven's Gate where 39 people killed themselves? You oh, know? Yes, right. As far as just so many fine, decent people that just try to pursue God through a homo sapien, which is a terrible mistake. Yes. You know, as opposed to seeking the living Christ, you know, with them, you know? Mm -hmm. Yeah. Okay, hey, good. listen, you want to look at the validity of somebody's message? Who is it really giving glory to? I mean, even uh, theologians today that are preaching of theology and but who is that you know who, who is getting the glory there is god actually getting the glory right. or are they getting the glory mm -hmm. you know it's not just the pharisees back in the old days right exactly on that note i'd like to tell a story about my husband please <laughs> when we first moved here 20 years ago he he takes literally like if someone would ask him how are you doing today he thinks they really ask him Right? And for decades I said, honey, they don't really want to know, you know. So anyway, so um we went to we were trying to find a church when we first got here from Virginia. And we went to this church that will remain unnamed. And um the pastor started teaching it was a big church and he said I, you know, this is my mission, this is my mission, this is what I'm building, this is what I'm doing, and this is how I'm going to do it, and this is why it's important to me. And then he said, the weirdest thing, he said, if you're not with me, then you need to leave right now. He stands up. Hundreds of people. Hundreds. He's the only one who stands up. He goes, okay. <laughs> No, we had a 14 and a 16 year old at the time who died because their father was the only one who, you know, stood up. <laughs> but anyway, I kept going, he doesn't mean that. <laughs> but that's to the point that so much of these churches are built around people building their own kingdoms. Yeah. They're building their own kingdoms. And when we get on board with that, we've departed from following God. We're following this person. Yeah. You know, so. And that's what yeah. the Galatians were doing. So Paul, Absolutely. And so Paul had to put the line down again so they would get back on. Right. Mm -hmm. And listen, I think a mixture, because in plenty of these churches, there's clearly an element of the gospel or the gospel being communicated mixed with so much other stuff. Right. That 
the deceptiveness of it is people are coming to know the Lord, which is a good thing, and yet their ability to grow and to understand and have relationship with God and to be effective personally in their lives is being exponentially uh, diminished. Like, it would be like somebody who has a wealth of potential in their life being stymied from that potential mm -hmm. by something. Right. And it, it's, it's like a travesty. It's very sad situation yeah. when somebody that has a lot of potential is kept from that potential. Yeah. Yeah. And that's what happens plenty of times in, in churches, unfortunately. Yes. You know? Yeah, absolutely. An example of that might be Paul when he had to correct Peter because Peter had to have a correction. And if he would have kept going down that way, he would have been so hampered sure. from mm -hmm. the good news gospel. Yeah, Amen. Yes. Right. Well, actually, all we were going to do is first five verses. <laughs> <laughs> well, thank God there's a sixth, seventh, and eighth. <laughs> oh, there's actually, yeah, there's so much more. Yeah. And, and I hope yeah. what we've done is wet your whistle a little bit about the book of Galatians, mm -hmm. and you'll go back and and uh, and sit down and read it on your own. Sir. But I, I love, and I'll, what Mo said as far as the heart of it, as far as when there's misinformation, to look at it as far as empathy, as far as this person could have so much more of the, the real grace and love in their hearts, right. as opposed to not to judge a person based on misinformation, but to have empathy. There could be so much more out for them and the approach with kindness, if you will. Mm -hmm. You know? Yeah. 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 As we start to see, as Paul saw, but we can see as well, see other people through the eyes of Jesus. Yeah. Right? And, and to see, to have that empathy and that compassion. For them and and to know i think the thing one of the things that's helped me most is to know that you know they have lies in their heart just like yeah, i have lies right. in my heart of course, right? of we course. have we all have filters Absolutely. that we see things through right we hear they come through the information comes through those filters but what comes out also comes through another filter right mm -hmm. and so you know we need we need to be persuaded by christ of which filters need to be removed yeah. and replaced with his filter <clears throat> And as we start to see people through the eyes of Christ, I think then that just allows his life to manifest in us and to flow out to all those around us. I get, you know, I think that's, that's, a huge, that's a huge learning point for me from being part of this community. Any other thoughts and comments on what we've talked about this morning? We again, glad... Yeah, yeah absolutely. Yeah, thank you. Come back often. Yeah, of course. The blessings. Becky, anybody online? Any other comments or anything? No, there's only one. Only poor Matt's the only one there. <laughs> well, I appreciate you all coming. Have a great, great day. And remember, remember those who've gone before us to give us freedom. Amen. Remember Christ. Thanks, so. Thank you so.